0: You know, so many times uh, to make the decision to walk away from something, to, to really have the courage to take a step, to do something that's very different in our lives. And as we're focusing this month on back to school education, one of the pieces that we need to learn is that there is no quick route, that there is no magic going on on the planet, that we actually have to, we actually have to move, like we have to take the step. We have to, yeah, we just can't sit there and hum and think life's gonna happen. It doesn't work that way. You know, we have a a wonderful line in our uh, long tradition that comes directly from Ernest Holmes, which is treat and use your feet, which means most of us want magic. We want it to just sort of happen. And it doesn't happen that way. The way life really changes is you gotta take the stairs. You gotta take the steps. So I wanna show you why it's important not to believe in the elevator of life. That whole philosophy that we think somehow that there is magic going on that's just gonna take care of everything. The only way it gets taken care of is if you and I skip the elevator and begin to do the steps. Take the stairs, take the stairs. stairs. It's so interesting how we dread doing those steps that we know are gonna take us to the level that we need to go. Because there is no elevator in life that's going to act like magic. The only magic in the universe is the magic that the universe is reading from us. That it is our thoughts and our desires and that which we are thinking and feeling that gets the universe getting us to the right floor. To that dynamic of us really thinking clearly and through what it is that we really want to do. The elevator to success is out of order. You'll have to take the stairs one step at a time. You know, I always shy away when I listen to a salesperson tell me about the magic and how magical this really thing is and and the great things that it can do. And in the end, it's not true at all. Because life is about concrete steps that you and I are taking in order to transform our life. And the reason that is the case is because we are in a time and space continuum. It means that we are caught in time and space, which means that we cannot do the leaps we think we can do without taking the initial steps first. I watch over and over again, there's a, there's a program on one of the uh, television stations that talks about millionaires. And they track these millionaires who um, win these millions and millions of dollars and, and years later they are penniless. And the reason they are penniless is because the stairs or the container was not there for wealthiness, that you have to really learn it, that you have to begin to do the simple steps in your life that make all the difference in the world. And so when I look at my own life, I think the only way something is going to change is if I do the steps to change it, to make that change happen. And so the song that Ken sang before I stood up is absolutely the truth, is at one point you just have to walk away from what's not working. And you have to make a step toward what is. This is not a foreign concept for the 12-step community. There gets to be a place where you have to give it up, where you have to surrender, and you have to walk away. And you have to take a step in a very different direction. Read this with me. Success is a journey, not a destination. We are constantly unfolding. We are constantly allowing that process to happen. The only place that success comes before work is in the dictionary. You have to roll up your sleeves and you have to make it work. There is no magic out there. There is magic in here when we make the steps toward it. I found this at the Village Inn. It says ham and eggs on, on the little frame. It says, a day's work for the chicken, a lifetime commitment for a pig. <laughs> You and I are in the lifetime commitment business. It's not an instantaneous piece. We want it to be. So this morning, I would like you to think of something in your life that is not going in the direction you want it to go to. Could be in a relationship, could be in a job situation, could be in the flow of money. It could be absolutely anything in the universe. And this morning I want you to remember that thought Because it is precisely there that you're being asked to take the stairs. That something needs to move, and something needs to change. Ambition is the first step to success. The second is action. That we actually have to do something about it. So there are three areas that I want to investigate this morning when we're looking at taking the stairs. The first one is... Naming something an obstacle versus an opportunity. We are so quick to say what the problems are. In fact, it's, I'm on uh, next door, anybody on next door in their neighborhood? Can you imagine, can, can you believe what goes on in the next door? It's, I just think, wow, that's interesting, spending your whole life. So I'm on the monument one, so they, they, were, they were talking about he's back. And I'm thinking, who's he? Which got me hooked immediately. So I'm going, I'm clicking on it. And it's about a street person that they don't like standing at a shopping plaza. So they've, they've done all kinds of things to make him not stand there. And they, I love this. They, they created this mound of rocks. It literally is as high as my hip. This round of rocks. Well, yesterday, guess who was sitting on the mound? <laughs> no, it gets better. With a Burger King crown on the top of him. Everybody's all upset on the listserv, they're just going on, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, the first step to understanding any issue is compassion, not judgment. The first step to understand anything is compassion, not judgment. You see, we, we just think, well, why don't they get off the streets? Why don't they just go somewhere? We have shelters, why don't we just put... Well, folks, we can take them off the streets, but if the steps weren't taken in the beginning part to change the thinking, to change the mentality, and to change the problem, it's not going anywhere. Every situation in life presents you and I an opportunity, not an obstacle. And so we're gonna look this morning on that whole concept. Secondly. Learning to ask for your angels. Learning to ask for help. Learning to ask that something from an outside source that is greater than you could possibly move you and I to the next step that we need to have. And what do you think gets in the way of us not asking? It's not a rhetorical question. Pride, I heard it, what else? Ego. Head trip, what else? Fear. All of those components is why we don't ask. We might look bad. What I always laugh about looking bad is I think to myself, well, you're going to do it like a jerk anyway, so it's going to be either a jerk up front or a jerk later. So you might as well just ask up front and skip the whole jerk thing. Learning. Learning to be open in the process. And last but not least, important principle that we teach. We move toward what we picture in our minds. We are constantly out-picturing into the universe. And the universe is constantly picturing back to us that which we are picturing. That there is this vision that you and I are putting out and putting pictures out every single day. So I want to introduce you to Mary Grata. I want you to know a little bit about her life. Because on the surface, she looked like a real loser. And here's what we learned about her. As a child, Mary Grata did not learn to read or write. Experts labored her as retarded. In adolescence, she earned an additional labor called incorrigible, which was sentenced to two years in reformatory school. It was here, ironically, in this closed-in place that Mary, bending to the challenge to learn, worked at her tasks for as long as 16 hours a day. Her hard work paid off, she was awarded her GED high school diploma. But more misfortune was to visit Mary. After leaving the reformatory, she became pregnant without the benefit of marriage. And then two years later, a second pregnancy resulting in a stroke, erasing her hard-earned power of reading and writing. With the help and support of her father, Mary battled back, regaining exactly everything she had lost. In dire financial straits, Mary went on welfare. It was to make ends meet. She took in seven foster children. It was during this period that she started taking courses at a community college. Three community colleges would not accept her and one finally did. Upon completion of her coursework, she applied to and was accepted by the Albany Medical School in order to study medicine. In the spring of 1984 in Oregon, Mary Grata Lewis, she's married now, paraded in full academic regalia across the graduation stage. No one can know the private thoughts that were going through Mary's mind as she reached out to grasp the eloquent testimony to her, her self-belief and her perseverance. Her diploma that announced to all the world, here stands on this small point on the planet Earth, a person who dared to dream the impossible dream a person who conforms for all of us in human divisiveness. Here stands Mary Grata Lewis, MD. She decided to take the steps instead of the elevator that life had given her. I'm known for a famous line which Gary always quotes me for on Facebook. And what would that line be, Gary? So what's your excuse? <laughs> Mary was forced to take the steps. Mary was forced to deal what looked like obstacles in her life until she created them into opportunity you and I are the Marys of life the topic may be different where you live may be different the situation you find yourself in may be different but the process is exactly the same you have to do the steps piece by piece And they are not obstacles, they're opportunities. Opportunities for us to step into a greater strength that we've had since the very beginning. Failures are not endings. Read the rest with me. That's all it is. It's the universe saying to you, don't go there, you're gonna fail. Go where I created you to be a success. What if we looked at all of our life and every obstacle that has ever come into our life, whether it's money, education, whatever it is that we're blaming, what if we stood at the threshold and understood that it's feedback from the universe inviting us to change, inviting us to go into a different direction. What I know in my life is the road to success is always under construction. Yeah, there's always something going on. So this week, I had chemo, number eight out of 12, by the way. So we're, we're over the other side. Yes. Amen. <clears throat> Barb Bew, who is my minister friend, who is the senior minister up in uh, North Country in Fort Collins and also works at our home office, she and I uh, had this wonderful, amazing time at chemo, and we sat in front of a woman who... Um, There was something about her, there was this beauty about her, and she was surrounded by her daughter and her husband, and we began to have this conversation, and she's lost all of her hair. The kind of chemo I'm on, I don't get hair loss. Um, The kind of chemo they were looking at possibly putting me on had that. And so I'm looking at her, and Barb said to her, you look beautiful with no hair. And she began to cry. And she said, you know what, you're right. She said... You know what chemo has taught me? And she has the same cancer as I do, by the way. Mine is uh, stage three, hers is stage four. She said to me, um, have you learned that with chemo, it strips away everything that is non-essential and points you to what is essential? She's right. She sees this as an opportunity to strip away everything that is non-essential. And I asked her, what are the non-essentials you have stripped away? And she said, somehow I knew you were gonna ask me that question. First thing she said, giving a crap of what people think about me. She said, you have no idea, because she had beautiful shoes, well-dressed, you have no idea how important that was to me in my life. And then she begins to name all the list. And at the end of the conversation, she said to me, so why are you dressed the way you are today? And I said, I want no negativity in my cells. I want nothing but joy and laughter and magic and anything I could bring in to my chemo. And she said, you and I need to do chemo together. <laughs> and she said to her daughter, what will be our outfit in two weeks? And so it begins, (laughs) strip away, strip away, strip away. My friends, every day we get caught in obstacles and all it is is feedback from the universe to strip away to give you the opportunity, to step into something greater, to step up, to move in that direction. You know, as with a butterfly, adversity is necessary to build character in people. We're really lucky in the beautiful garden that I get to sit in because my husband is such a good gardener. We have a bunch of butterflies hanging out these days. And as I look at the butterfly, I thought, you weren't always a butterfly. You were wrapped in a cocoon. You were crawling. And I remind myself, so was I. And so are you. And in it, reeks an opportunity, not an obstacle. So whatever obstacle is on your path at this moment, it is feedback from the universe saying, it's an opportunity, pay attention. Something else wants to give birth. Some cocoon wants to drop. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, gives us sage wisdom in this area. The starting point for creating a better future for ourselves is to deliberately free our minds from the mistakes of yesterday and feel that they need no longer be held against us. Had he heard Ken this morning, he would have hummed back the refrain of what Ken sung. Today's the day you walk away. They need no longer be a liability. So today is the time in which we should cut loose from the threads of previous experiences and deliberately make up our minds that we shall no longer create our future out of an old past. That we shall pay attention to the universe when the obstacle comes realizing there is an opportunity that wants to give birth, get out of the way, take the steps and let it happen. Smooth seas do not make skillful sailors. In fact, you want someone who's well-seasoned in bad seas, driving your cruise ship. Challengers aren't so bad if we look at them as stepping stones and not as stumbling blocks. I have learned that success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which, which he has had to overcome while trying to succeed. Broker T. Washington. Secondly, asking for help. It is the most important lesson in life is to ask the universe for your angels and no matter what size or shape they come in. Important lesson a young man had to learn. On a very hot day, a little boy was trying desperately to move a massive stone. His face was flushed and streaked with sweat as he pushed the same stone over and over again that would not bulge. His father came along, paused, and asked in an unsympathetic way, Son, are you doing the best you can? The boy straightened up in surprise and said, Of course I am, father. He answered indignantly, and his father persisted. But are you sure you are doing your best? Without a word, the little boy got a new hold of the rock, bent his knees, and made another mighty effort. But the stone was too big. See, dad, he asked showing he had done his best without success but the dad said but you still aren't doing the best you can because you haven't asked me for help pride asking for help asking for an angel to appear to move us to the next destiny and do you know what god says when you finally ask for help About damn time, that's what God says. So repeat that after me. About damn time. That's what God says. Yes, it's literally, you can find it in the Bible, way in the back. (laughs) It's about damn time. Because the universe has this much more to bring to the situation versus our narrowness of what's not working, of what's not moving in our life. Your degree of happiness is directly related to how well you adjust to plan B. Read that with me. Your degree of happiness is directly related to how well you adjust. Plan B. I am in a plan B leadership position. This was not my plan. Ask my husband. I thought I was supposed to be at Mile High Church, I was damn determined that's where I was going to be a super leader there. Thank God I adjusted to plan B, it was the best decision I ever made in my life. It is, best decision I ever made in my life. But what if I had stuck to plan A? Sitting behind a desk pretending not to have the gifts I have. You see, it was my husband who at a dinner said to me, I don't know why, you are fighting going down to Colorado Springs when they want you. Plan B. God has a plan B for each and every one of us. Are we listening to the angels giving the message? Are we paying attention to the obstacles in order for us to get to plan B? Which stands for the best plan. The best method of overcoming obstacles is the team method working together with one another. Our former president, Barack Obama, wrote, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it. I do that every day. Asking for help isn't a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength. It shows you have the courage to admit when you don't know something and to learn something new. It's a strength, my friends, it's not a weakness. Stop pushing the stone and start asking for help. And whatever arena I asked you to think about this morning, are you asking for help? Are you reaching out and are you doing the stairs? To be strong enough to stand, be strong enough to stand alone, smart enough to know when you need help and brave enough to ask for it. That should be our affirmation for this week. So let's read it together. Be strong enough to stand alone, smart enough to know when you need help, and brave enough to ask for it. Reaching out to do that. Never apologize for asking for what you need. If you don't ask, the answer will always be, and you could have gotten a yes. You could have gotten an opportunity. Oh, believe, I believe that there are angels among us sent down from somewhere above They came to you and me in the darkest hours to show us how to live, to teach us how to give, to guide us with the light of love. And they show up in the weirdest spots. All of us have angel stories if we would look in the past. When I was in seminary, becoming a holy Catholic priest, the holy part's a stretch, the... um, I was asked, uh, I was thinking of taking a year off, but I was scared to death to take a year off because I had no money. And I was living in Buffalo, New York. I didn't know how it was going to play out. And so I was constantly praying to God in Catholic formation of of begging and pleading with God, like this has got to work out. I know I need to take this off. And I used to be in clown ministry. I know that shocked some of you, but I, I had a clown routine and I, so I got invited to go to this house church Um, to do uh, a clown routine. And it was a group of people gathered. It was this this beautiful home, this 7,000-square-foot home that sat on this beautiful private lake outside in East Aurora, New York. And I went there, and I did my shtick, and I had a wonderful time. And the owner of the house, Arlene Bradley, came to me and said, if you ever need anything, I'm here for you. If you ever need anything, I'm here for you. And I said, well, what do you normally say to that? Thank you. you. And then you move on. So the time comes, I'm at the end of my year and I have to figure this out. And I brace myself and I say to my counselor at school, I'm gonna take next year off. And he said, what are you gonna do? And I said, I have not a clue. And then I remembered Arlene's words. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. I drove to Arlene's house and said to her, I'm going to take a year off, but I have no place to live. And she said, I have the perfect place for you to live. And I lived with Arlene Bradley for two years. She changed my life. At the time, she was going through a 12-step program, and I got to be a part of that whole process. The angels come if we would listen, if we would ask for the help, and some of them are blatant. And some of them are subtle. But asking for the help is key. Last but not least, we move toward what we picture in our minds. And don't we always picture the worst? Don't we always picture fear and limitation? Think about those dreams you have at night or when you're standing in the shower when nothing's working out and you think the bottom's gonna fall out. Do you not have those, or am I the only person on the planet that has those? You're all looking at me like you're some holier-than-thou thing. (laughs) I share with you a story. One day, two fishermen, one was an experienced one and the other was a beginner, decided to fish in a nearby pond. Both of them were looking forward to a successful day of fishing. They both had packed utensils and cooking accessories, ingredients and fishing equipment. Once they arrived at the pond, they chose to sit at a reasonably distance in order not to steal from each other's fish. The experienced fisherman had caught big and beautiful fish within a few minutes. He was happy as he placed the fish in the ice box to retain its freshness. His plan was to cook the fish whole in the afternoon he continued to fish and, in a short time, caught a few more small fishes. He put them all in the icebox so he could take them home with him. After about an hour of fishing, the experienced fisherman offered to help the less experienced fishermen, which who had not caught a single fish. But the less experienced fisherman politely declined. After some time, the less experienced fishermen also caught a very, very large fish. Surprisingly, he threw it back into the pond. The experienced fisherman was bewildered by the act. He remained silent as he watched the less experienced fisherman capture many large fish and continue to throw them back into the water. After a while, the experienced fisherman came annoyed by this and decided to approach the less experienced fisherman wondering, why are you throwing back the fishes into the water? They are huge, and they're beautiful and luscious to eat. The less experienced fisherman replied, I know they were big, but I don't have a big enough pan to cook them in. So I'm looking for a smaller fish that will fit in my cooking pan. What's the size of your pan? What's the size of your mind? Because whatever that size is, you will continue to throw out the best things in your life because the pan isn't the right size. Because you think it's not large. Because you have some cockeyed plan in your mind. And yet the fish come. My friends, when you take the stairs, you take what is given to you. You learn and you go to the next stair. And you learn from that. And couldn't you have cut the fish down and put it in a smaller pan, you think? We laugh, but that's exactly what we do in our life. We get so fixated on taking the elevator that it has to be a certain floor and look a certain way that we are missing the stairs along the way that lead to plan B, which is the best plan of all. Decide exactly what you want, in every area of your life, you can't hit a target that you can't see and leave room for the universe. Leave room for the universe. You create yourself in the image of the whole new mind. If you have a small pan, my friends, you're gonna have a small life. If you hold a larger pan, you will get a larger life. And even when it seems too big and you have a small pan, never turn it down. For you see, it's not an obstacle. What is it? It's an opportunity. You can make anything happen if you put your mind to it, if you put your mind in it, if you picture it, if you see it in happening. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, is famous for this whole concept. Our thought does not go out to influence persons or things. That's an important concept. You can't change anybody's mind. What it does is readjust our own consciousness, our own thinking, to include a larger and more harmonious field of action. We learn that when we get into our own consciousness and we get it straightened out, things in our external world adjust themselves to meet a new and better inward awareness. That which goes out will return again in proportion to which it left the mind. To the size of the cooking pan of the fishermen, it shall come. My friends, I'm inviting us, take the opportunities and the stairs in life. Take that which is before you. It is not an obstacle in your life. It is... And this week, I invite you to look at whatever you're struggling with and whatever is not working and ask the question from the universe in the stillness of your mind, be still and know. Ask for the opportunity. Secondly, ask for angels, ask for help. Look at those who are doing it already and ask for their help they are more than willing to get it because the Arlene Bradleys of the world are in plenitude. And last but not least, we move toward what we picture in our minds. At the moment, it looks impossible. But the word possible as impossible has a huge connotation that we need to learn. I remember going into a Catholic school where I was a priest And the children were singing a song called, I'm Possible. Which comes from, my friends, you are nothing but possibility. Take the stairs and skip the elevator. And get ready for a pan you never imagined. Pray with me there is a beauty and an essence in life an unlimited spirit that is permeating from the tiniest blade of grass to the flutter of the butterfly to the immensity of the sea to the dynamic of how the human body works and how we breathe it is all God that divine presence that lives, moves, breathes us, and breathes every single thing on the planet. How powerful it is to feel that presence in the coolness of the fall mornings. How immense it is to look at the aspen glow in Colorado and realize that we are the glow itself. What I know is that I am one with that divine presence, that breath, that depth, that power that backs everything in the world, everything in the universe is backed by this presence and I dance with it. And I know that each and every person in this space is in the dance of the power of the universe. We are simply one with what is, that which backs everything. A total unity expressing itself individually as each and every one of us. What I claim and know for us this day is that we release all the obstacles and stand in the depth and breadth of opportunity. We clear from our mind that which does not allow us to move forward. This day we remove the concept of elevator and we take the stairs one step at a time, moving toward the greatness we are called to be. Whatever fear, whatever pride, whatever energy is blocking that this day, I release it on our behalf. We let it go. And we stand in this divine knowing that when we can picture something differently, the universe must respond. It is not an option, it is a demand. So what I demand and know for us this day is that we are in the school of expansion and divine movement. That we say yes to the opportunities that are presented before us, and we allow them to lead us to the next stairs, to the angels and the opportunities that make all things possible. I'm in such gratitude that we live in an energetic universe that is at the whim and will of our thoughts, feelings, and mind. I say thank you, spirit. Thank you, Spirit, for the opportunity to be possible. Thank you, Spirit, to remove all the fears, all that which is blocking us this day. And so I stand in this sea of gratitude, knowing the minute I have spoken these words, the universe gets very busy demonstrating, activating, and celebrating that which has been pictured in our minds. And so for all of this, I simply release it unto the universal law, knowing that the law absolutely has to make it happen and that love shows the way for it to happen. And so with one voice, we sing and we affirm together.
1: I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has his feet. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes, and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes, and has its being. I am the place where God shows up.
0: the time where we get to show up as prosperity, that we unleash the power on the law of prosperity that as we give, so we shall we receive. So I invite you to take your tithe and your gift in your hand. I invite those of our virtual audience who's watching us as well, part of our community, invite you to join into this powerful law of circulation as well. Place it over your heart and let us pray our affirmation together. I joyfully celebrate the flow of God through me. I am grateful for receiving and giving to my spiritual community. I give thanks, always knowing God is my source, and so it is.